you are listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics. Featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak. Welcome back to another Thursday night preview episode of The Dudes. Alongside me is Tanner Marlar. I am Cody Blazak. Once again, we have another college sports editor with us today. It is Jenny Streeter from the Battalion of Texas A&M. Once again, we try and do this just about every Thursday before Mississippi State plays whoever they are playing the following Saturday. We have a ball with it, and hopefully everyone that comes on has a ball with us as well. To jump into things real quick with Texas A&M, we will get to Mississippi State later. Texas A&M coming into the season was a very high-ranked team. They still are a high-ranked team, but after that loss to Arkansas the follow, or this past weekend, what are the thoughts going around College Station coming into this weekend against Mississippi State? Yeah, for sure. Hi, Tanner. Hi, Cody. Thank you guys so much for having me on the Dudes Podcast. I am so happy to be here. Yeah, you know, the morale and attitude in College Station is fairly low right now, just with us being ranked so high preseason and then now falling to number 15 following the loss to Arkansas. Obviously not ideal. However, I think we can see a lot of parallels from this situation to last year's situation following um, Texas A&M's 24 to 52 loss against Alabama. You know, they came back after that loss and went in to have an undefeated season. And I think for the Aggies, this game against y'all there at Mississippi State, I think this game will really be a big statement game for the Aggies to see if they can come back from that, bounce back from that, and make a statement to people who have already marked them off following the loss to Arkansas. It's going to be tough to mark them off against Mississippi State right now. I'm not going to lie to you. We'll get to predictions. <laughs> yes. We'll get to predictions there in a little bit. But um, so in terms of the quarterback situation over there in College Station, I know you mm-hmm. came into the year, you talked about it on Fine Bomb. King was the guy. King was supposed to be this young guy that's going to bring a lot of energy to the backfield. He's going to bring a lot of energy to the fan base. He's going to be able to make plays with his legs. And he goes down, what, week two, was it? Yes, he went down week two against Colorado in the first quarter. So how does the, how is the how's kind of the attitude towards the quarterback situation right now? Because I went back and watched um, some of that game against Arkansas, and it looked like what's his name? Kazada is that is that his name? Yes, his uh, name is he's redshirt sophomore quarterback Zach Kazada. Yeah, he's he doesn't look terrible. He doesn't look terrible, but he looks like he's got some some struggles in terms of keeping the ball down. Um, it looks like he likes to throw the ball high. So. Obviously, yes, the quarterback situation at Texas A&M is slightly changing or unpredictable, if you will. We did have our starting quarterback, Haynes King, as you mentioned, go down with a fractured tibia. The standard recovery for that is about four months, but because he had surgery the day after that injury took place, he's expected to come back after, like, around right after the Alabama game. So... Until then, redshirt sophomore quarterback Zach Calzada is Jimbo Fisher's new signal caller, starting signal caller for this season. As you mentioned, he does have some inconsistencies. He is a little rough with his passing game. But I think Zach's main issue is his composure. Because we've seen in games that towards the fourth quarter, 
we saw this against um, New Mexico. Once he gains his composure, he has the skill and he has the decision making to do well for Texas A&M. I think his problem is just when he gets in his own mind, he kind of overthinks things and is not able to make decisions quickly enough, if that makes sense. Well, where have we heard that one before, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could say not here, but... Oh, man. Uh, while we're on the offensive side of the ball for AM, obviously the quarterback situation, but the entire offense as a whole, y'all lost a lot of starters from last season. One in particular that y'all didn't lose is y'all's running back, Isaiah Spiller, who might be one of the best, if not the best, running backs in the SEC this season. What, what does he mean to that team going forward, the intimidation factor? He's obviously an X factor in every game. Uh, he's just an all-around great back for the Aggies. Yes, I would love to tell you all a lot about our offense. So junior star running back Isaiah Spiller, as you mentioned, he is just the GOAT for us over here at Texas A&M. He really knows how to carry the ball. He had over a 1,000-yard rushing season in 2020. Um, but what's good about Isaiah Spiller is he's not just good for himself and he's good for the team. He's good for other players. So he's a leader when it comes to Texas A&M football. So sophomore running back Devon A-Chain, who was the MVP in the Orange Bowl, when Devon Achen comes to media availabilities and he comes to press conferences. He talks so highly of Isaiah Spiller because he says he learns so much from Isaiah Spiller. He always says in the Orange Bowl when Isaiah Spiller came out of the injury after he hit his thousand yards, when Devon would make a play, Isaiah would be the first person to go to Devon on the sidelines and say, this is what you did wrong. This is what you did right. This is what you need to do going forward. So yes, Isaiah is great when it comes to Texas A&M stat sheets, but he's also great when it comes to learn to teaching other players as well. Um, another offensive players you did mention, we lost a significant amount of starters. However, we are returning junior tight end Jalen Weidermeyer, and we are returning sophomore wide receiver Chase Lane. Both of those guys to me, as I have noticed, like in the press box and just when I'm like, doing my research in the bat cave, if y'all will. <laughs> um, I think those guys are really big difference makers on the field. I think the reason, one of the main reasons why Texas A&M lost that game against Arkansas is because Weidermeyer struggled so much with getting open. So moving forward, I think Fisher is going, Fisher and offensive coordinator Daryl Dickey, I think they're going to update their game plan and try and maybe put more of an emphasis on utilizing Spiller and readjusting Weidermeyer to helping him get open. Um, another offensive player to keep your eyes peeled for is wide receiver Demond Demond Demus or Demond Demus. Sorry, I always pronounce his name wrong. But um, he came in. He was a five-star recruit, but he did not see a lot of playing time his um, freshman year. Just there were a lot of rumors about why that was. But um, I think now Fisher feels he's ready to be on the field, and we did see him perform very well against New Mexico. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, just kind of, kind of, you know, swap bases here. What does that A and M defense look like? I mean, I, I know I've, we know what the offense looks like. Everybody always talks mm. up that Jimbo Fisher offense. But what does that defense look like in lieu of preparation uh, for this for this Mississippi State team that they know we're going to throw the air out of the ball? Yes, obviously. So going into the game, our defensive coordinator Daryl Dickey, I think he is going to put. Um, a huge emphasis on preparing for Mississippi State's 
dominant spread offense and dominant airtime, if y'all will. Um, I don't know where you're getting what... dominant from. <laughs> uh, it's not the word I'd use. We'll get to that later. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, I think a lot of where Texas A&M is lacking in in starters and like where the biggest adjustments have to have been made is from losing starters from the defense. We had our two-time season leading in tackler Buddy Johnson went to the draft. We had Bobby Brown the third, who was not only was he huge on the defense, he was also incredibly fast. He had one of the fastest like 40-yard dash times in going into the NFL draft like for a defense player like ever. So I think the Texas A&M defense has been adjusting a lot where they have been good. Um, actually, wait, don't say that. Cut that. I'm going to let y'all transition. <laughs> oh, me. Um, well, in terms of a transition, then I got you. Here's the big question of the day. The one that I've been meaning to ask everybody, but we've ran out of time. What is your favorite press box food? My favorite press box food? Yes, this is important. This is important. This is this is possibly the no, most important. No, you're thing right. I agree. I think this is the most important question you have asked me, Tanner. Um, I would have to say my favorite press box food in Kyle Field was the 11 a.m. kickoff game when we they gave us breakfast because yes. I am a big breakfast girl. So we got we got bacon, we got eggs, um, we got potatoes, and it was just bomb. However. I will say where I took the biggest L of my career. So last weekend, I was not at AT&T Stadium because I got my Aggie ring. Oh. So I took that weekend off to celebrate with my family. However, um, when my assistant sports editor and my other co-sports editor came back from the stadium, they were sure to text me lots of pictures of the steak that they were getting served there and the mac and cheese, baked potatoes, and everything that they were getting served there. So I'm sure if you were to ask them this question, that is what they would answer with. Sounds but like, um, sounds like I got to make a trip to College Station. Are we get steaks I, I, out here. Well, steaks was in Arlington when we were taking on Arkansas. Uh, but I think you definitely, both of y'all, Cody and Santa, definitely need to make, take a trip to Kyle Field for um, our breakfast games because those are absolute bomb. But um, one last note I wanted to give y'all is that um, I think the Texas A&M defense is you know variable but i think where the offense oh my god wait sorry i'm like nervous but um basically i think we're going to be looking out for some key players from y'all we're going to be looking out for sophomore quarterback emmanuel forbes um just he's i know he's a key defensive leader for y'all and we're going to be looking out for junior defensive end randy charlton yeah randy charlton, charlton. Randy, yes so randy, i think um randy came in from ucf this last year and's really impressed everybody here in startville with his play yes. so He's gonna. He's definitely someone you have to seal the edge off with, just to kind of. I mean, we've still got about four minutes left for an interview. Oh, solid. Throw me through a score prediction. You see, Tanner, when you ask me that, there are two ways I can go with that. So, it all depends on how the Aggies are going to want to come out and make a statement after the upset to Arkansas. So, if we're seeing, you know, they're really not going to count themselves out and really want to make a statement and really want to show everyone that, Hey, we're, we're coming back. We're coming strong. We're not counting ourselves out yet. I think it'll still be a tight game. I think I'm thinking maybe like 21 to 17. 
potentially even larger scoring. But if I had to make a prediction, I would say that. Um, I don't want to second guess myself, so I'm not going to give a losing prediction. So I'm going to stick well, with that. Gotta, we, we, gotta st- we, we make the hard decisions on this show. We have to stick with them. I do have yes. a question about, in particular, your thoughts on the defense going into this Mississippi State game. Mississippi State obviously isn't – we don't have a lot, whole lot going for us. We have uh, – Mike Leach is probably one of the craziest coaches ever who has this famous air raid offense. Uh, you got to think they're going to rack up yards like most weeks. Mississippi State has 350 yards in the air. It's going to happen. What does – Texas A&M's defense have to do in order to stop that passing game because you know Will Rogers is going to be throwing 60-something odd pass attempts a game. Yes, um, so at the press conference on Monday, that was something Jimbo Fisher stressed. He did say, you know, Mike Leach, he's going to throw the ball. That's just what you know. Going into the game with the Bulldogs, um, um, the A&M defense kind of mirrors y'all's offense despite a poor outing in, against Arkansas, you know, the A&M passing defense is elite. We, the Maroon and White allow less than 120 passing yards per contest, which is the fourth best in the nation. A&M's biggest defensive struggle has been stopping the rushing attack. So I think going into this game, it's just going to be all about how Mississippi State's offensive coordinators and defense coordinators, it's all just going to be a, a big adjusting game. So I think this game for both Mississippi State and both A&M, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the game plays because both of the teams, like our defense kind of mirrors your offense, if, if that makes sense. So I think it's just going to be interesting to see how adjustments are made. I think that's a fair, uh, fair point real quick. Cause we don't have a whole lot of time left. Tanner, we'll do your favorite part of it. Who is your offensive X factor for the Aggies coming into the weekend? Somebody we wouldn't expect. Um, okay, yeah, so I think me personally, my hot take on Arkansas, the reason we lost that game is because of our offensive line. I think our offensive line did not play to A&M standards at all. Um, you know, the offensive line did lose a key amount of starters from the Maroon Goons, you know, the Joe Moore finalists. Um, the only player we returned from the Maroon Goons, which is what we dubbed the offensive line last season, is Kenyon Green. So... I honestly think an X factor for the game against Mississippi State is going to be junior offensive lineman Kenyon Green and just to see how the offensive linemen overall adjust and how they do against y'all. Secondly, and the last one will be your X factor for the defense. Um, you know, what? I'm going to play it safe with this one and not throw y'all curve y'all and just say X factor for Texas A&M's defense, junior safety, Damani Richardson. That's always a solid, always yeah, a go-to. That's a, that's, oh, yeah, that dude, is a good go-to. That a stud. Any last thoughts as we are short on time? Um, no, I just really appreciate you guys having me on. So thank you guys so much for letting me join in on the dudes. You know, always good to throw in a little female sports <laughs> commentary always. on y'all's podcast. Always. Well, Jenny, I'm glad you got to come on. Those of you listening, you can find Jenny's work at thebattalion.com. Or is it Battalion Online over there at Texas? Thebat.com. But y'all can always follow me. Y'all listening, y'all can always follow me on Twitter at JennyStreeter3. And I always retweet all of my articles and all of my writer's articles and everything like that on there. 
sounds like a plan. Jenny, you have a great, great rest of your evening. Have a great time uh, in the press box for this night game. Uh, we'll be talking to you later, I'm sure. All right, thank you guys so much. Once again, that was Jenny Streeter from the battalion of the Texas A&M Aggies in College Station. Mississippi State will be traveling there this Saturday for a... Yeah, I actually don't even know what time the Six kickoff o'clock is. kickoff. Six o'clock kickoff. Got us another night game. Yeah, I, all the away games are night games. It'd be nice if we could get a night game. Hey, NC State was a night game. Yeah, but that's one. I, all I'm saying is it's going to be an interesting weekend. A&M came off a painful loss. Yeah, I, I don't want to say it was an unexpected loss, though, because I no. definitely thought Arkansas could go in and do it, and, and they I, did. Uh, yeah, I think people I think people really know just how good Arkansas actually is at this point. I mean, they, were, they weren't they were predicted to be this world-beating team at the start of the year, but you knew they had the pieces. K.J. Jefferson, Mississippi, Mississippi native, that starting quarterback for them, is a hoss. He's built like a refrigerator, and when he gets those legs going, he's in, he is just tough to stop. So, but in, kind of moving back to Texas A&M, the, um, Jenny, Jenny and I somewhat touched on it. From what I saw, that offense does not look just stellar without Haynes King taking snaps. It, it looks a lot like Will Rogers or K.J. Costello of last year. Overthrowing guys, and I, I generally could not count how many times he overthrew somebody. When I say overthrow, like there's just no touch on the ball. It's all line drives. Yeah, it's going to be a, a. It'll be another interesting weekend. I, Mississippi State has obviously struggled the past two games. Uh, we've repetitively beat on Will Rogers needing to unleash the ball, stop throwing these short passes, whether it's him or Mike Leach allowing him to. Coming into this weekend, I'm still not sure what's going to happen. None of us are. But I'm gaining, I don't know if it's just the hype of the the game coming up or all the articles I'm reading and the videos and the press conferences, but I don't want to say I'm getting like overconfident don't, don't but say, i am don't say confidence I'm, I'm i'm getting a little bit more comfortable with this game Cody, we go through this every week we do this to ourselves every week i didn't think we were winning the lsu game i know and then by thursday we think we have a chance well it is thursday and now i still i i think it's more or less i'm not very sure about this texas a&m team yeah, i think they're honestly, a bit yeah. overrated i do not understand why they were ranked so high coming into the season now they took their loss to Arkansas, which a team that I guess not many people thought were going to be good, even though if you look at the stats from last year, they proved themselves that they were going to be, uh, they could have been a contender last year, if not this year. So far, they are this year, and now we come into an AM AM game that potentially could be two teams that are four and zero. Yeah. Instead, we get a three and one versus a two and two matchup. Um. So I'm very, very curious as how t- this game will go. As far as the offensive end goes, we talk about that enough. Tanner, how, how are we feeling about this defense coming into the week? I've, all, I'm, I'm, I've got confidence in this defense. I'm always going to have a lot more confidence in this defense than the other side of the ball. I mean, like I said last week, you, you had two freak plays that equaled 14 points with a blown coverage and then two defenders running into each other. Then you had 
one I mean you're you're not five minutes into the game and you're you're already on the field and you're starting from you know your own you're you're having to defend from your own thirty I mean depending where he returned that fumble to I mean it's 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 easy to say well the defense played bad against LSU but if you actually watch the game um, you can kind of see that there was just some freak things that occurred. Yeah, uh, unfortunate nonetheless. It really doesn't matter whether it's luck or not. A loss is a loss. Oh, yeah. And we come into the weekend 2-2 two and two, very well. Could be 4-0, and oh, but that is not the reality we live in. That's not the reality we Never. live in. It's, it would be too nice of a reality for us. Mike Leach has a dog talk tonight, which I am kind of interested in because I I don't want to say I, I know this is how I'm feeling and I know this is how a lot of Mississippi State fans feel at the moment but you're getting to that point where we got this coach who's supposed to be this crazy legendary coach has nine wins a season bowl game crazy offense that's not us, though. I mean, I think it still has potential to be. I, I do think it's I, – I'm with you. I think there's potential, but we haven't seen it yet. He, I, I think this is the week that it gets turned on. I hope so. I, I listen, don't, I don't even think very, it's going to be this I'm year. not very confident in A&M's defense first off. I mean, yeah, she said the stat about allowing – what was it, 120, yeah, 120 pass, pass yards, a game? yards a game? But who have, who have you played, played that throws the ball? Yeah, who have they played? Arkansas? Arkansas is not going to throw the ball. I mean, when they did, they blew the top off of it. Yeah, so we can look actually real quick. Texas A&M this season has played Kent State, oh. Colorado, mm. New Mexico, oh. Arkansas. For Ooh. granted, and here is another point to why is A&M ranked so high they only beat Colorado by three. Yeah, yeah. That that was also the game that Calzadas got just thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, wow. Colorado is actually one and three. Yeah. So, I, I'm just I'm not the I, I'm not the most confident. convinced about this A and M team. I'm, I'm not just, convinced about them. But I'm getting very close to being convinced that this offense this year it just isn't what we expected it to be. I'm not saying pack it in. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we should, as a fan base, probably lower our expectations for this offense. Yeah, I, I think I might have to agree. Um, for this year, at least. The spread on this game looks to be very enticing. It's another close Spread, it's only minus seven, Texas A&M. But, I mean, there just there there isn't a whole lot of razzle-dazzle about this team. I mean, no. last year you had Kellen Mond as a – last year's game here in Starkville, was a Mississippi State very well could have won. Yeah, it was a barn burner. So, I, there's nothing special about this year's A&M team to me. You don't have Kellen Mond – I will give them Isaiah Spiller because he is a freak in He's the backfield. I mean, and the safety she mentioned, what was his name? Green, I think. No, he's he's ridiculous too. They've got one or two studs, but Texas A&M always will. Yeah, and you know, I I know they've got Jimbo Fisher, great coach. 
he isn't that i mean he's i don't want to say he's like mike leach but he's not going to be able to do what he did at florida state in the sec no so i listen i'll get he'll probably have a couple 10 one seasons i'll give him that yeah i don't think they will ever be a national championship contender the i tell you what the only game that i have seen leach get quote unquote out coached was the Memphis game. And the only reason I say that is because he didn't kick the field goal. He went for it four times and didn't get it. But I will say this, if he gets that fourth down, he's he made a great coaching decision yeah, and hero. we're all happy. He's he a looks hero. like a genius. So I, I, I'd be willing to go far enough to say there are very few games this year, if any at all, that Mike Leach has been or will be outcoached in. The team may be outplayed, and I think I think – Last weekend, potentially, the offense just got outplayed. Yeah. Another thing that has been brought up in this offense is, yeah, we moved the ball, but, Lord, we cannot Cannot finish a drive. We cannot do it to save our lives. Going into this weekend, how do we feel about our offense being able to – I don't care if it's for seven points. If it's for three, I'll take it. Yeah. How, How do we feel about finishing drives this week i mean i'm not i'm not exactly as confident as i should be again like i said i said this last week it's still it still applies you know you're coming in you're going into week five and then you've still got a lot of question marks for this team you've still got a lot of question marks even at positions so at, at, at this point in the season by week five by week four really you should have your team figured out but they just don't yep we will, but we will jump into the best part of the show. Tanner, give us our X factors. Let's hear offense first. Offense, offensive X factors. All right, this is gonna be. I've thought long and hard about this one, real long, real hard. I think this is the game we finally see Jameer Calvin blow up. I'm, I'm saying I think Jameer Calvin is going to have an incredible game. I don't think I don't think it's going to be Tulu. I think people are still too keened in on him, and I think people expect us to try to get him the ball more. I think it's been clear that Makai Polk has pretty much become the number one receiver. Um, Wally, Wally's good, but people know Wally's good. Calvin's been that one that's just kind of crept by every week, has made some very good plays every week consistently, but has yet to have that game where it just jumps off the stat sheet. So I think this is the game Jameer Calvin blows up. I don't usually chime in on these X-Factors, but I will this week. I'm going to give it to two. I'll give it to a group of players. All right. I'm going to give it to our backfield. Dylan mm-hmm. Johnson and Jaquavius Marks, I think this is going to be their game. I think Leach is finally starting to understand the SEC, and you have to run the ball. We did see a lot, and we I mean saw a lot last rushing week. last week. So I it's think a very real this, I think this is the week, and I'm not going to say they both rush for 100 yards. I think they both will rush for combined 100. I'm, I'm calling combined 100. If I'm, if I'm lucky, I'll call it 150. That's for lucky. That's very lucky. So I, I think we're going to see the two of them really get a lot of action this week. That's very possible. Because, heck, A&M's – a&M's rush defense really isn't all Not that special great. either. 
I mean, um, KJ, KJ Jefferson ran all over them. He looked like a man amongst boys. The, and on that note, I'll tell you what, you might have a point there, too, and I do, too, honestly, with these offensive X factors. I don't know why I forgot to say this earlier. I went back and watched the whole uh, the whole Arkansas-Texas A&M game. There were some plays where Texas A&M just looked like they did not want to tackle. They did not. I mean, there was one touchdown play where the I mean, the Arkansas player takes like three different hits. None of them wrap up. They're just trying to knock him out of bounds, and he just doesn't. So that's the kind of attitude they're going to bring in. I feel like we've got the playmakers to be able to deal with that. Texas A&M also allows 171 yards on the ground per game, so it is a very real possibility this Bulldogs backfield bursts open in this game. On the defensive end, Mississippi State is known for their defense nine times out of ten. Who are we looking for in this weekend's matchup with the Aggies? I'll tell you one that a lot of people are saying that I haven't said yet, and we talked about him earlier, Randy Charlton. Randy's had a very solid season, and I think he's got a sack in three out of four games, something like that. He's been a menace off that edge. I think if he can get in that backfield and really get to Calzadas and make him uncomfortable, then I think Mississippi State, the chances of them winning go up exponentially. It is a very real possibility. I don't have much on the defensive end. I don't really have a X factor for this game as long as they all play well. That's all I care. The whole defense. Yeah, I choose the whole defense. There you go. There, look at that. Happy endings. The last part of the show, the final segment, is of course when we pick our score prediction and who wins. Who do we have this week? I've got Texas A&M thirty-one, Mississippi State twenty-four. I'll give it to you. All right. I'm gonna go a little different direction. Uh oh. I think we're gonna get. I really do think we're gonna get it together this week. Uh oh. I think our offense is gonna click. Uh-oh. I think our defense is gonna click. Hot take incoming. Where's the button? Find the button. <laughs> if any of y'all understand what that is, I'm very impressed. <laughs> we have another podcast on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where we have a button for hot takes. Look, reach out if you want us to get a button. If that's something, I'm I'm very interested. We reach out to the dudes if you if you wish we would get a button. Anyway, here's my hot take on the score. Mississippi State, 35. Texas A&M, 14. Oh, wow. I think this is the week we figure it out. You're saying that... I think this is the week we figure it out. You're saying that stud of a running back isn't going to manage to get his team 21 points? Got him 10 last week. Oh, yeah, they did that. I don't think we're any Arkansas, Got him 10 against Colorado. Yeah, that's true. We might be a Colorado. Hey, I'm just saying, I think, and I also think that A&M is incredibly overrated. It's just a prediction. It's just a prediction. You can, you can give me all the crap you want come Tuesday if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I will be dishing it right back if I'm right. Oh, I, I completely understand. I would so, hope you would. I'm not going to be mad if you do. That means Mississippi uh, State won. It does mean that we won. That is our score predictions. We got your X factors in. A little bit of Inside scoop from Texas A&M with our special guest, Jenny Streeter of the Battalion and College Station for Texas A&M. That game will be kicking off 6 o'clock Saturday night in College Station at Kyle Field. It's going to be a good one. We hope it's going to be a good one at least. But we will be back next Tuesday with your post-game little... 
little wrap up. A little wrap a little. up. And, and then, Tuesday possibly um, a quite a quite a significant personal announcement. Um. So yeah, we got something special coming for y'all, and it'll be it'll be a fun time. Always. We will get back to you on Tuesday, though, with another episode of The Dudes. For Tanner Marlar, I am Cody Blazak. We will talk to you again next week. The proceeding was a WMSV production.